the World Health Organization has decided not to declare an end to the COVID-19 global health public emergency. Uh, Monday marked the third year anniversary of uh, the WHO making that declaration. That prompted Canada and the rest of the world to impose pandemic restrictions. The World Health Organization says the number of weekly deaths have been rising since early December and that over the past eight weeks, more than 170,000 people uh, have uh, died and has believed the actual number is much higher. To talk about this, we're joined by Dr. Alex Summers, the Medical Officer of Health for the Middlesex London Health Unit. Uh, appreciate the time today. Good morning. What did you make of the decision? I thought they might maybe declare an end to the emergency, but still stress the importance of uh, where we are right now with COVID. The World Health Organization really has that global view on COVID activity. And I think what their decision reflects is that COVID still is having significant impacts globally and particularly in some countries where, for whatever reason, vaccination coverage may not be as high as we would wish or or the impact and, and the impact on, on death and illness is still significantly high. So what do you think needs to happen for the emergency uh, to end? What we will likely see is the ongoing uh, increasing levels of immunity across the globe from either vaccination or previous infection. And and as that happens, similar to what we've seen here in our region, the severity of the outcomes when people get infected with COVID-19 starts to come down. So I think what the World Health Organization is is looking for is, is this change in the global level of immunity such that the severity is just not as high as it has been. So over the next few months, I think they'll probably be revisiting that decision as they understand the global impact. When we look at, you know, what's happening here, what's the level of COVID in the community right now? Well, in our community, COVID is, is what I would describe as fairly stable, but very much still present. I'm sure all of us are hearing situations where we know people getting sick with COVID. It continues to circulate and it is here to stay. What's good is that we don't see COVID rates accelerating in the province. That's reassuring right now. However, the reason that we can be confident in that is because of the high level of immunity through vaccination that our population has achieved. Um, So I think that's something to celebrate. How do we manage, uh, you know, things as we get into the uh, third year? We just had the the three years of this being declared a uh, public emergency, a public health emergency. We're coming up the three-year anniversary of the pandemic itself. Uh, what do we, how do we manage this moving forward here? Today actually marks the third-year anniversary of the first reported case in Middlesex, London. So it's a significant milestone for us as well. And I think one of the things to remember is that we are never going to go back to the way things were before the pandemic and things are better than they were a year ago. They're better than they were two years ago, but COVID is here and it's here to stay. We have a new virus that that is going to be in our population for many, many years to come. And so uh, for me, the key lessons are that we need to remember the tools that we've got available to us to decrease the risk of respiratory illnesses like COVID. And that means vaccination, masking in indoor crowded environments during the winter season, uh, washing our hands regularly, those types of things, those continue to be the really important tools for us. You mentioned the the anniversary here in, in this area, and I think back to three years ago and the steps uh, that young woman took, which was well before we, what's kind of ingrained in us now that she took uh, and followed was uh, really kind of set this, the standard for how we need to respond to this. Yes, from the first case through so many, um, the contributions, the sacrifices, the commitment of people in our community uh, 
to do what they could to slow transmission to the best that we could to protect our health system, protect our neighbors, to buy ourselves that time for the vaccine. It was a heroic community effort. And I think I'm just filled with gratitude as I reflect on three years of COVID in our community. As you do reflect on three years of COVID in the community, can you go back? I mean, I might feel like longer than three years, especially in your position, but when that first really began in terms of none of us really knowing what was to come, what, what, do you, what do you think of when you reflect back on three years? I reflect on some of that uncertainty of the unknowns, of the fear of making mistakes. I think each of us in our own lives thought had those fear of making a mistake I think it was really kind of surreal to realize that something could disrupt our day-to-day lives in such a significant way. We weren't used to it. So I reflect on on some of the uncertainty of the early days. I reflect on the community commitment to try to figure it out. That really comes forward to me. And then I remember certainly the people I was able to work with and our community that was able to work together. I reflect a lot on that over three years. And it's, you know, really an, an unusual situation for many different reasons. But, you know, in terms of learning about something new in real time and, and how to respond to it is something I think a lot of people were just unfamiliar with to watch that process in terms of public health and how public health uh, goes about, you know, de- determining uh, how to respond to these things when we're all kind of learning at the same time. Yeah, I think we've, uh, you know, people been able to see what public health does in some ways and realize that it's complicated, even though sometimes the, the interventions are really simple, right? Get a vaccine, wash your hands, wear a mask. These are simple things, but it's complicated to figure out how high the risk is to understand what we as a society need to do differently to, to disrupt transmission. It's complicated. And I think, you know, public health had an opportunity to, to really step up to the plate. I think here locally we did and across the province too. And, and I think hopefully some of those lessons stay with us. Uh, this is a difficult question for you to answer, maybe, but just to circle and end where we kind of started with this emergency declaration, do you think it's something that could end at some point this year? I do. I do. I think as we look in Ontario and in our region, we really aren't functioning as though we're in an emergency anymore. And I think it's just a matter of time where that will be the situation globally. Um And again, I would highlight, even as we move from an emergency to a non-emergency situation, we're not going back to the way things were. We're going back to something different, something new. Um, But I do think, yes, that the emergency will eventually be declared over globally over the course of the next year. And just before we wrap, I mean, when we look at the three years, we can't, you know, not talk about vaccination and just that whole vaccine process, which was really incredible, the the impact vaccines have had on our ability to respond uh, to COVID-19. On, honestly, every day I almost give thanks for that vaccine. It was a remarkable, remarkable um, success story. Um, not only the fact that it exists, but the community's willingness to roll up their sleeves. Uh, not only vaccines for COVID, but for all of these preventable diseases that we now have vaccines for. It's really a remarkable thing that we're able to protect ourselves and our families and our children in such an amazing way. And I think that's something to celebrate. Dr. Summers, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Glad to be with you. Take care. That's uh, Dr. Alex Summers, Medical Officer of Health for the Middlesex London Health Unit.